Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we have looked at verses 1 through 3 where Paul talks about the superiority of love and the supremacy of love. And last week we looked at verses 4 through 7 in, in that same chapter where the Spirit of God literally shows us the character of love. And all of that is done in verbs. Defining for us what love is and what love is not. And then we talked about this, the fact, the things that he describes and everything that he describes in in those scriptures is Christ. He's defining Christ for us. He is telling us who Christ is and he says, love is faithful. Love is Christ. Faithful. Christ is faithful. Love is kind. Love is all of these things, but all of it describes who Jesus is. And today we're going to look, we're going to look at uh, the remainder of chapter 13, and we're going to look at the eternal fact of love. See, love is a fact. It's not something we create. In fact, it's not a something at all. It's the person of Christ as we see it embodied And it is the truth of God, the character of God himself. For God so loved, his love was so great that he had to express it. For God it cannot be contained, it must be active. Love for God is active. He so loved the world that he gave. And we said, thank you. He gave His Son, because His Son, it was the visible representative of all that God is. And what most characterized the activity of Christ was love. In everything that He did, in every expression of His life, in every healing, in every ministry, in every word, the overarching context was love. It was that winsome thing that that drew people from all walks into his presence. It was the thing that that the Pharisees could not gainsay. It was the thing that they could not put away from him. Because it was the truth of who he was. It wasn't how he acted, it was who he was. It's good to know that you have that life within you. Because the Corinthians... Christians, though they were, were carnal, living the Christian life according to their flesh, wanting to do more than say thank you, trying to live life out, the Christian life out in their flesh. They had taken the spiritual gifts and had used them as a way to gain an image before the people. Now here's the truth. Spirituality... In the hands of a carnal Christian, it's just a promotion of the flesh. 
And if it is practiced long enough, you know what it becomes? Religion. That's what it's called. Man's approach to God through the flesh. What man must do in order to please God. And the carnal Corinthians were making a big show of their spiritual gifts. And many people are confused by that because they won't believe that you can express a spiritual gift out of the flesh. But you know what? You have a spiritual gift and you can choose who you're honoring with it. Because many of us, as I've illustrated before, many of us have listened to carnal, who we knew to be carnal Christians and carnal pastors. We've watched them lead people to the Lord. We've watched them give testimonies that moved hearts towards truth. We've watched this, but yet we know their lives are carnal. They're lived according to the flesh. How is that possible? Well, it's possible because the Spirit of God gives every child of God gifts. Different measure, expressed differently, uniquely in every individual. Just like you are an individual in your humanity that cannot be duplicated by anybody, you are an individual in your spirituality and in your giftedness. Your gift is different from everybody else's. So this had become an expression. They operated in pride and selfishness. They had these gifts, but they were not being exercised in love. They were being exercised in flesh. And Paul comes along at the end of chapter 12 in verse 31, and he says, Listen, guys, I want to show you a more excellent way. Well, what way is he talking about? You see, there is a way and there's not the way. And we're going to talk about that. They were not expressing agape love. Now, we talked about the word agape. That word is used to describe the love of God throughout the New Testament. It has been defined as unconditional love, but it is more accurately described as the activity of God, who is love. It describes self-sacrifice, selfless behavior. It is the life of Christ. If you are going to describe love... God's love for you, you would describe his activity in your life, wouldn't you? You wouldn't describe an emotion. How do you know God's love? Well, I just get this warm and fuzzy feeling. No. You know God's love by what he is to you, what he has done in your life, by his activity in you. The word agape love means the activity of God the Corinthian fellowship had a great showing of the spiritual gifts. They had the greatest teachers and pastors of the day, from Paul to Apollos. They had a great understanding of doctrine, but they were carnal, proud, fleshy. And all that they had was counted as nothing because agape love was not the context. Agape love was not the source. Now, Paul as I mentioned before, said in 1231, I will show you still a more excellent way, one that is better by far, and the highest of them all, love. Now, what Paul is saying, there's, there's two ways. The way and not the way. And I'm going to show you a more excellent way through love. So let's look at our context. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians verses 8 through 13. 
And verse 8, he starts out, Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. Love never fails. Now, I have to ask myself, he's talking to a bunch of Christian people, right? Do I have to tell you that love never fails? Do I have to tell you that? Do I have to tell you that love never ceases? You're a child of God. Do you need me to tell you that? Really? Yes, you do. And you know why they needed it? They needed it because they did not believe it. How do I know that? Because they were operating out of the flesh. They didn't trust the love of God to meet their needs. They didn't trust the love of God to supersede their, their pain and their rejection, their need to be recognized, their need to be stroked. They didn't trust the love of God to be consistent in their living. They didn't trust the love of God. They had to create something that, that in their flesh that they felt like was more reliable. Their religious flesh. And Paul says, there's the way you're living, and then there's... The way of love. There's the way that you're expressing your religious life. And there's the way of love. There is a way to exercise the spiritual gifts. And then there is love. And I just want to tell you, between the two, love never fails. Which is to say, this does. Right? And it fails is really not a good word. It should be, and if you've got the uh, Amplified, you'll see it uses a couple of different words there, but the word probably closest to it is that love never, never ceases. Love never dies. Now, here's the reality of it. For me to say that love never fails is simply for me to say something that would seem almost academic or elementary to you. Uh, God never fails. Can you wrap yourself around that idea? Is that novel to you? God never fails. If God never fails, guess what? Love will never fail. Love never comes to an end. Love never fails. And of course, this is not about love winning people over. A lot of people interpret it that way because of that word fails. And they say, well, then that means love will always win people over. Yeah, well, how's that worked? We know from the experience of Christ that love does not always win. Love is never about winning, but about never being less than love. Never failing to love. There's a difference. Never being less than love. Now see, God is never less than love, so therefore love would never fail. God is love. We know that from 1 John. We also know that from the testimony of who he is in the scripture and who he is in your life. Every one of you, if you'd set your emotions aside and maybe your circumstances aside, can give full and glorious testimony to the faithfulness and love of God. Can you not? It's the truth of who he is. So, the reality of my knowing of love is that I know God. I know God. And love, never failing, is love being love. It can never be less than what God is. 
That's what agape love is. It can never be less than what God is. What you're carting around calling love is based in your emotions. It is consistently less than what God is. If what you're calling love is the judgment of action, it is consistently less than what God is. But if you are living out of the free-flowing agape love, which is at the center of your being, and in fact part of your source of life, that's why it's so important to understand it, then it will never fail. Now here's what this is telling you. You know that problem you've got, you've had in your relationships? You know that problem where you just can't seem to, to love this person? Well, Paul's saying, liar. Oh, I'm sorry, should I sugarcoated that? He's saying, no, that's not right. You know, the, the things that you, are, that you are bitter over and that you cannot embrace and you cannot love the people I'm talking about? Paul says, that's just not true. Why? Because love doesn't cease. Now, here's another interesting thing. The way that thing's translated is, is love never ceases. It also didn't have a beginning. <laughs> well, who is that describing? God. Well, here's the thing. When you're born into who you are as a Christian, you're born into love. You're literally created in love. I'm not talking about being a love child. I'm talking about you being love. Okay? So, what does that mean? That means that for every point where you are resistant to re expressing love, the love that is you, you're living a lie. Don't ever say, I can't love. Don't ever say, I can't love that person. Because you're calling God a liar when you say that. Because He has placed His life and love in you. And you know what He wants? He wants you to live by faith. Well, what is faith? It's not in your feelings, is it? Faith is not in your experience either. Faith is not a mathematical equation that adds up. Faith is one thing and one thing alone. It's absolute trust and confidence in Him. Well, my emotions don't love in Him. Well, my thoughts don't think good about Him. In Him, I will believe. You expect me to believe in that old so-and-so. That guy's a reprobate from day one. I can't stand him being in the same room. No. In Him, capital H, in Christ, you have in you the love that Jesus had when He took me and my miserable flesh my God-hating self to the cross to give me life eternal in glory with Him. That same love. That's the love I have for you. The love that put Jesus on the cross, the love that resurrected you into eternal life, the love that gave you this glorious existence in union with Christ Himself, that's the love I have for you. Is that good enough? That's the love He has for you. But I have His love. Listen, if love was sourced in our humanity or in our flesh, it would be a failure. Agape love is never sourced in flesh because it's sourced in God. It has its source in God. 
The love of God is not always returned, is it? But the revelation of Christ is always brought forth in love. And when Christ is received, agape love finds its expression in our lives. Everything I know about Christ from beginning to end, everything that I have learned about Him, I have learned in love. I cannot separate the two, can you? Forgiveness was known in love. Intimacy was known in love. Provision was known in love. Protection was known in love. Healing was known in love. How do you know Him? If you're living in a fleshly economy that says, I live for Him, so therefore He does for me, that's not God. And that is not love. If you're sitting there right now thinking that He does not love you to the fullness of all that He is capable of, you don't know God. I'm not saying that you're not a Christian. You can know the redemption of our Savior. And then you can walk away over a period of time into the deception of the flesh and live in a fleshy economy with your God. That's not what He died to give you. You were born in love to be free in love. Powerful stuff. To choose love, we must first choose Christ as life. We are called to love because we have been called to Christ. Love is is the pass-fail of every Christian expression. In everything you do, it's pass or fail based on whether or not its source is love. Does that make sense? Every moment, every thought, every activity, every obedience is to abide, that is to take residence in love. Christian activity apart from love is just flesh. And you say, well, that's putting a lot on me to have to believe God to bring love into all of those things. No! I'm not believing God to bring love into all those things. I'm believing that God is love in all of those things. And you know what? Look at the grace and the love of God that He would make this continually abiding in everything that you do, in every thought that you think, in every exercise of your will, that He would make love so big and so great and so imposing that He desired that everything that you did be done in love. It's like, it's like, I want to love you for that, Todd. Oh, I want to love you for that, Todd. Let me love you in that, Todd. I want to love you in that, Todd. Todd, you know that I love you. Let me love you in that. It's not that obnoxious, but it's every bit that real. That's your God. Is there room for rejection? Really? Now you know where, where Paul comes off saying, There is now therefore no condemnation for those of us who are in love. Is that what it says? It sure does. It says Christ Jesus. Guess what? Christian activity without love is just the activity of the flesh. Is that all? You know what this reminds me of? John 15, 5. Abide in love is what he says. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. But however, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. That means anything that you do apart from love equals what? That's right. Zero. Nothing. Nada. Well, you know that John 15.5 sounds a whole lot like 1 Corinthians 13.2. Doesn't it? 1 Corinthians 13.2 says, And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understanding all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing. Does that sound familiar? Well, one is the source of my life. Love. Now, it doesn't mean that I can't be religious. It doesn't mean that I can't function in the gifts without love. But it does mean when I try to do that, I'm operating from the wrong source. I'm, I'm failing to function as a new creation. To function as a new creation literally has very little to do with activity. Did you know that? It has to do with the source of that activity. That's how a new creation functions. You see, the new creation has its source in Christ. It's life in Him. And that is synonymous with love, by the way. So here's the thing. Believe it or not, God called me to preach. And He has a plan for that. He is not going to visit love upon me when I preach. He is going to express His life and His love through the gift of preaching. And if I cannot preach with His life and His love, then it's worthless. Doesn't mean God might not use it. I mean, you know, He used a donkey. But the reality of it is that apart from His love, my life isn't participating now, isn't that weird? Apart from His love, my life is not participating. Why? Because my life is in love. If I believe that my life is flesh, then I withhold my life from that love. And I say, you know, Lord, I want to love that guy, but you're just going to have to put it in me, right? What that means is God is loving that guy, and my life is not participating in it. I've also done this, and I've seen this happen in church too. You know, the Lord tells us to love, so therefore, I'm going to go around and tell that brother I love him. When really, I just want to take him around back and throttle him. Well, all I'm doing is being obedient, so God will say, boy, Todd, way to get out there and put it all on the line. How about this? How about I confess before the Lord that He is life and love in me and let that love be extended to that brother. When I tell you I love you, I am not telling you that my flesh is just goo-goo over you. I am telling you that the life within me loves you unconditionally. You know, that's life and that's love the way it should be. Love never ceases. Nothing can cause God to remove His love or His life from His children. Love is conditioned only on the existence of God. 
That's the only condition. Because God is love. If you have his life, you have his love. Love is the vehicle through which every blessing of Christ is operating in the Christian. And that's what's cool. Because when I received Jesus, I received it all. Now, I don't perfectly express it all. But I have the fullness of it in me. In me. And the biggest mistake we make as children of God is to spend all our time asking God to pour something into us that He's already created us to be. Oh God, give me more love. Well, you want to be more loving than Christ? I'm not sure God can accommodate that. God, give me more peace. You want more peace than the Prince of Peace at the center of who you are? In union with your being? You want more peace than that? Well, God... I guess I really can't ask. I have it all in me. You know what I want, Father? I want to live in the truth of it. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.